0: Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program covering a wide variety of topics of interest to people with vision loss. I'm Nancy Goodman Torpey. And I'm
1: Pete Torpey.
2: a song in that style and then teach it to them note by note string by string broken down in two to four measure sections and then of course if there's any like rock and roll song they want to learn like i'm working on purple haze you know and we'll play through the whole thing and i'll tell them where everything is and then with a lot of the guitar songs if it's something that's popular um, at the end of the lesson i'll give them a backing track to play with
0: so they're pretending to play with other people
2: Oh yeah, it's like a karaoke, you know, for for guitar, and you get to play along with the backing track.
1: And if you've never played music before, it's not likely that you'll be able to do all that overnight. But today we'll be talking about how you can learn music from the comfort of your own home, whether you're young or old.
0: We'll speak with Bill Brown, founder of Music for the Blind, about the wide range of audio courses he offers for many instruments in many genres, based totally on playing by ear, but first for our tip of the week, this week's tip comes from Bill Brown
2: I'm a baby boomer I'm more at the um at the the younger end, but we're getting more and more people who are becoming what they call new blinds, and because of just as you get older, you know a lot of us are living a lot longer than we expected (laughs) so you're getting people who are losing their vision you know like in their 60s 70s and they're wanting to learn to play an instrument but they have no braille skills and so this is a great way for them to kind of hop in there and start learning an instrument right away without having to wait on braille skills or like you mentioned trying to find a teacher much less someone who would come to your house so you're never too old to start learning music You absolutely are not, and I'm not really dealing with that much new music, but I'm always dealing with a new student, and the goal is the world does not need to hear Furry Lease one more time, but what we do need is for this person to work through Furry Lease, and in the process of learning to play Furry Lease, we do something to their brain that's going to help them be successful from here on.
0: Well, hopefully one of the things that happens to their brain is they develop some more skills as a musician and they have fun doing it.
1: Support for Eyes on Success is provided by...
0: a site. Wearable electronic eyeglasses that support visual ability for people who are low vision or blind with visual acuity of 2,600 or better. More information about the Ace family is online at acesight.com. You are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 Let's start by meeting Bill and learning about how he got started making audio music lessons geared to blind students.
2: Hi, this is Bill Brown, and I'm the creator of Music for the Blind, and we make music lessons in an all-audio format for over a dozen instruments.
0: I gather you're a blind musician yourself?
2: No, I am not. I'm actually sighted, but we got into the recording of music lessons because I wanted my students to learn songs by ear and rather than eat up the studio time, teaching them how to play the songs, I would send them home with a recorded lesson. And then I had a um, blind student come to me and he took his home and he got his lessons done like a half the time um, of the sighted students. And by then I had probably, I don't know, about a dozen songs for the guitar and maybe five or six for the piano and uh, my wife made the observation that if somebody were blind, that good with Braille and they wanted to learn to play a musical instrument, that would be the best way to learn, but they would need a beginner course. And so that's uh, when we made the beginner course, Intro to the Guitar for the Visually Impaired. And it was a gateway course. That way if they could take this basic course and get the basics down. They could use these recorded lessons I already had anywhere in the world. And you've been doing this for some time. Yeah, since about the 90s. What instruments do you play? Uh, The primary ones are piano and guitar, but I also play bass. I played bass in high school and college in the jazz bands, so I got really good with that. I also play drums, and then I also play saxophone, flute, clarinet, and then um, a little bit of trumpet. We made a trumpet course for the line as well, so I got the trumpet out and kind of worked on my skills for that. Then mandolin, banjo ukulele which is very similar to the guitar the violin course i actually had my daughter do that for me she was about 16 at the time and so when she got really good at i had her make the uh, intro to the violin for the visually impaired that course so that's actually her 16 year old self on that course
0: oh cool support for eyes on success is made possible in part by our corporate partners
1: Find out more about partnership opportunities by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net.
0: This week's focus topic is Music for the Blind, Bill Brown's collection of audio courses for learning to play any of a dozen instruments.
1: You mentioned in the introduction that you were primarily teaching sighted students, and you came up with these audio lessons to train them by ear. I always thought that was a great way of doing things, well, particularly for myself. I'm blind, although I was partially sighted when I was a kid, but I had to look so close at the music that I had to memorize all my music. And it was very difficult, and they teach you with classical music, and there are a billion notes. But later on, I learned jazz and learned to play by ear and a little bit of music theory and things went a lot easier for me
2: mm-hmm. you know i'll get a lot of adult students and they'll say well you know i took piano as a kid but i wasn't good at piano i said well were you not good at piano or were you not good at reading music and they said well i wasn't good at reading music I said, it's not the same thing and so that's why i get them playing things pretty simple right away finding things doing chords kind of like with the jazz like what you're talking about i get them doing basic rhythm patterns. And then as we evolve into the music reading, I'm always pointing out, oh, look, here's the chord. Oh, there's the melody. And if you can get that in your head, it's a lot easier to process the language of music as far as the verbal part of it.
1: Yeah, I've always thought that uh, music is kind of similar to speaking when you're playing music. People say, how do you memorize all those tunes that you play on the piano without reading music? And I say, well, How do you whistle a tune? Right. And my piano kind of serves that purpose because I'm very familiar with my instrument. I know what sounds are going to come out when I move my hands in a certain way.
2: Exactly.
0: So you talked about having specifically beginner courses. Where do you
2: start with a student? I go really into the chords right away instead of just notes because what I get a lot of is college students who are music majors and even one guy who had a master's in music who just couldn't play like what you're talking about like with the jazz and all that and it's because they don't understand that music is basically a melody with a chord accompaniment and if you can start catching where the chords are and how they're related to one another it makes it a lot easier to figure things out and so i get all of my students doing chords right away because if you start teaching like piano especially like around bach which everybody likes to do that because it's just not that much ink on the page but bach's time period uh, you didn't play like a chord like you played a counter melody So the left hand was doing like its own little song. And like, I just got through doing Fugue and C by Bach. And you'll have four voices going on at one time on that piano. And nobody hits a chord because you just didn't do that then. It's not that they didn't know what chords were. That was just not the style. Right. But like I said, everybody likes to start teaching there because you can put a piece of music up there. And it's like, oh, look, one note in the right hand, one note in the left. But what gets missed is the chord. And the chord doesn't show back up again to like about Mozart with his, you know, little arpeggio left hands like that, with the left hand doing just notes out of the chord. And they're like moonlight sonata. We have those full chords in the right hand. So it's not to like the 1700s that the chord kind of comes back into Vogue again. And so all during Bach's period, it was just that little counter melody stuff going on.
1: No, that's interesting. I never thought of that, but, uh, You certainly make an interesting point there. And as you point out, box music is really difficult to play because your fingers aren't necessarily moving in sync in the two hands, and playing two melodies at once is a lot harder than banging out a chord in one hand and playing the melody in the other hand. Exactly. Once I started learning a lot of music theory and how to put harmonies behind melodies music became a lot easier for me because as you say, then you get to understand the structure and where it's coming from and how to match up the chords with the harmonies. And, you know, there was really no need to read music
2: anymore. Mm -mm. Right. Because most songs really are not that complex. Like unless you're doing like Chopin in particular, where it gets really, really wild, but most songs are going to stay, you know, within the key and maybe go to like a, a relative key. But even with that, Within that, it's going to be like only about four or five chords. And so once you get used to hearing those chord changes, then it's just a matter of learning what those chord changes are in that particular key.
1: And that's particularly true of folk tunes and many popular songs. They tend to be a lot more simple harmonically and melodically than a lot of classical music. When I was young and learning classical music, I occasionally wanted to do something else, some song I was hearing on the radio and my piano teacher said, no, that's no good. That's, you're not going to learn anything from that. You have to stick to this other stuff. Right. So tell us a little bit about how these audio lessons work. If people get one of your lessons, what should they expect?
2: Okay, what they're going to have is a demonstration recording of what we're going to be learning. And they'll be able to go back and reference that throughout the lesson. And then I break the song down in two to four measure sections all the way through. And those are going to be separate tracks. Now, that Fugue in C I just did, uh, because it's so complex, what I did was I would take a four-measure bite, play that, and then work on just one measure, right hand, left hand. Here it is together. And what I do is I describe everything I'm doing. Let me just pull it up real quick here. I think I've got, yeah, here's, here's an example. Now, here in measure four, the right hand is going to pick up one of the voices that the left hand was taking care of, so the left hand can now bring in the third voice. So let's take a look at the right hand first by itself. So we have this. So right hand, we're playing the G above middle C and the B above that, fingers one and two. Then right hand, we'll play that G again with finger one. And then I want you to play the F and A on either side of it with fingers two and three. So finger two is crossing over your first finger, of the thumb, to get the F below that, while finger three is getting the A above it. These sit together, then I'll play the B under my fourth, and then I'll play the C above that with my fifth, while playing the E below that with my first. So that's pretty much the way a piano lesson would go. And like I said, also at the very beginning, there's a full demonstration of the song. So what I'll do is I will, after I play the full song all the way through, then I'll break the song down into two to four measure sections. And then I'll play those two or four measures by themselves. And then I'll work through each measure, each note, each finger, um, just like you heard on that demonstration recording. And we'll work our way through the entire song. And that was very clear and explicit. So even if
1: you can't read the music, That's pretty easy to follow, and obviously, if you're listening to it in audio, you can rewind and listen to it again. Right.
0: So I'm curious, you call this Music for the Blind, but you said you started with sighted students you were trying to teach by ear. Do you have two separate sets of lessons, or did you merge them, or what? Is there a difference between the two?
2: There's not. There is, uh, on the Music for the Blind side, are the introductory courses which you won't find on the other sites like, you know, piano by ear, guitar by ear, bass by ear and banjo by ear. I mean, they're in there, you know, under courses, but those are still aimed at teaching people songs by ear. So if you go to music for the blind, we really push the introductory course because you got to have the basics down uh, before you jump into doing the other by ears. But they're also on there as well to where they can say, well, you know, once you've learned the basics of the piano course, Here's a link to the piano by ear. Where we have like 300 songs that are taught completely by ear that you can learn. So a lot of this is aimed at beginner to intermediate students? Right. That's mainly who we get. But now once they get past that intro course, we do have a course two, both for the guitar and the piano that we'll take them a little bit further. And then all of our um, individual song lessons like that Fugue and C you just heard, that would be considered a piano by ear lesson. And they could download that for $12 or they could get it on CD, 14 plus your shipping. So it's going to be pretty close to $20. So the download's the better option. But they can learn that song all the way through for $12. That's a deal.
1: That is a deal. When you think of what I was paying for piano lessons. Oh, yes. When I was taking piano lessons. If someone has to come to your house or you have to go there. It's a lot more than $12. Oh, yes, it is. And I take it as you said, there's several hundred tunes to choose from, so people can decide what they want to learn next and where they want to go.
2: Correct, and they're broken into levels. And the the term we use for our levels is more like the one I grew up with. We had like you know beginner, intermediate, advanced.
0: It's good to have an idea ahead of time what you're going to expect to be getting into, because otherwise you'll either be frustrated because it's too hard or
2: bored because it's too easy. Right. And on our website, too, like if you go to piano by ear and we maybe clicked on the classical and looking through the different pieces and you say, well, there's, you know, Mozart's Minuet and F like that's like one out of 50. Right. You can click on it and it will play it for you. So you can actually hear the demonstration recording. And there's also a demonstration of me teaching on there as well. Oh, that's nice. And so that way you can tell which because. Like especially like with Bach, they had to come up with a numbering system for his stuff. He did, as far as we know, close to two thousand. But they really believe like ten thousand works easily because he was just constantly writing. Mm -hmm. So they had to come up with a numbering system because he he would just call something like, "Well, this is a feud." (laughs) It's not real descriptive, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So you've been talking about various styles all of the examples you've given us so far have been classical what other styles
2: do you cover oh just anything pop blues and boogie um you know on the guitar you know everything from rock and roll to classical a lot of finger style solos which i've had a a lot of students who want to learn uh where you take a, a basic song on the guitar let me just grab my electric here but then you make it into a solo like a song in that style and then teach it to them note by note string by string broken down in two to four measure sections and then of course if there's any like rock and roll song they want to learn like i'm working on purple haze you know and we'll play through the whole thing and i'll tell them where everything is and then with a lot of the guitar songs if it's something that's popular um, at the end of the lesson i'll give them a backing track to play with because like in the this particular case let me pull up a guitar one that's got some backing tracks.
0: So they're pretending to play with other people.
2: Oh yeah, it's like a karaoke, you know, for for guitar, and you get to play along with a backing track. So here's the demonstration recording they'll have. then at the end of the lesson you have their practice track this one we see has no electric guitar so it's everything about the electric guitar so you see that little first guitar at the beginning is missing so they can play along with the tracks and then practice what they just learned as if they have their own band behind them that's right that works
1: really well you know and it's really great having these as a recording because you can go over them as many times as you want and it as and in as much detail as you want right whenever i took piano lessons i always recorded them so i could go over it after the teacher left and you know sometimes the teacher will go through things a little bit quickly and you're like what 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 but you have plenty of time just to review after the teacher's gone if you have it in audio
2: yeah and it it helps me as a teacher too because there's a lot of things i teach in here that i'll make um, videos and they're descriptive videos and they're on my just regular teaching website. So if I'm teaching something here, I'm not afraid they'll forget it. I don't have to really worry about it as long as they got it good enough here. Because then if they forget it when they get home, they just go to my website and pull it up. And I teach the whole thing on a video. And like I said, even with my videos for my sighted students, I still make them descriptive. And I share the link with my um, blind students. And they'll, they'll go over there and find stuff too. So What fun. Mm-hmm.
0: I assume, because these lessons are all either downloadable or you mail
2: a CD, that you've got students all over the place? I certainly do. We um, Mostly, you know, in the United States. I'll get a lot of downloads, though, um, with people in the UK, and then I've got um, a few that are um, Vietnamese, so if their English is good enough and they can handle a Georgia accent, <laughs> they'll give it a go. Are your lessons
0: available through any specific organizations that cater to people with visual impairments? You said the lessons themselves, at least the introductory ones, are geared specifically to people with visual impairments.
2: Most of what we have done for Piano by Ear and Guitar by Ear is available through the National Library Service. Are you familiar with their BARD system? Yes, we've talked about it several times on the show but we've never
1: talked much about their music collection.
2: Yeah. For people who like to use the Bard, most of what we have done is on there. Now, some of the newer items uh, that are copywritten um, are not. What happens with the Bard system is it allows the patrons to download it, you know, in perpetuity. And the copy that they download does not expire. Like if you got like an audio book from like a regular library, and so that creates a copyright nightmare because that's considered a new copy under the copyright law. Mm-hmm. And then it's subject to um, fees. And so I just didn't want them, my family having to worry about copyright fees forever. So with the newer ones that are copywritten, you know, they will not be on the Bard, but all the classical will, because, you know, the copyright is obviously expired on that. And anything that doesn't have like a melody line, so like that Purple Haze I'm doing now, that will be on the bar eventually because there's nothing really copyrightable on there. Mm-hmm. But once you start playing the melody, well, now you're, you're getting into the songwriter's um, intellectual property. And so there's royalties involved and paperwork. That was too much.
1: Yeah. 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 That copyright yeah. stuff can be a little bit messy. That's nice to know that people can download some of these if they're patrons of the National Library Service for the Blind. Right. Great.
0: Now, he was just talking about availability of his music lessons on the NLS system that's only available to citizens of the United States and permanent residents, but he does have a page on his website where he indicates which government agency carry which of his products, and that includes not just the NLS in the United States, but RNIB in the UK and CNIB in Canada. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about learning to play music by ear and how to contact Bill Brown directly.
1: If people want to find out more about Music for the Blind or download some of your
2: lessons, purchase some of your lessons, where would you send them? Well, I would start with musicfortheblind.com. That's the beginner courses. You, you definitely want to do those first so you get used to the way that we describe things on the instrument because it's the same as um, the format we use with the guitar by ear, piano by ear, banjo by ear, bass by ear. I use the same format for teaching in those intro courses. So you need the intro course so you understand the way we're teaching. Like, for instance, on the piano, I don't call that C4, I call that middle C. And the reason for that is not everybody has an 88-key keyboard. But middle C, everybody's got one of those. So that becomes our reference point for where we're doing things. And so the intro course um, covers that as well as a lot of other things. So I would definitely start with the intro courses. And then from there, you could just go to the piano by ear, guitar by ear, bass by ear. We have all those um, names. But those are accessible on musicfortheblind.com. And once people get more advanced... Well, the um, sky's the limit with most of what I have, you know, for guitar and piano. Like that Bach piece, that's definitely an advanced piece. I've got at least two Chopin nocturnes, several of Mozart's pieces, like that Prelude in C minor. That's a that's a real hand stretcher. Uh, Moonlight Sonata. So there's some really advanced piano stuff on there. There's also some popular stuff on there, you know, pop um, arrangements um, for the piano, and those usually come in at about an intermediate level. I can't think of anything really advanced, you know, any of the popular music. And then on the guitar, you know, I've got classical on there as well as, you know, just regular rock and roll, blues, um, Leonard Skinner, um, Allman Brothers, um, all the typical stuff you would expect for guitar, as well as a lot of acoustic stuff. And
0: well, that's not on the Music for the Blind website.
2: Where is that? You can get there from there, but that's Guitar by Ear. And then Piano by Ear. That's where you will find those.com. Um, yes, dot com on the Guitar by Ear. Unfortunately, um, somebody else had Piano by So I had to go with Piano by b i z, as in biz.
1: That sounds like you cover a very wide range of capabilities and interests with those lessons that you offer.
2: We do. We do. Great. Do you have a social media presence? We do. We have Guitar By Ear on Facebook and Piano By Ear on Facebook, and Music for the Blind is on Facebook.
0: And if somebody wanted to ask you a question, is there an email or phone number or something?
2: Well, of course they can do it from those sites, but I can just give you an email as well. Probably the easiest one is bill at musicvi.com. Well, what a great
1: service, and thank you for putting this together. If people are interested in getting involved in music and learning an instrument, this could be a really f- fun and easy way to do it. I think so. Is there anything else you wanted to mention?
2: Also, too, they um, go to the website, they can um, sign up for, um, for our newsletter. or It's constant contact, basically. So every time we come up with a new title, they'll know about it.
1: And as usual, if you're looking for any of that contact information, you'll find it in the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net. Also, you might want to use the search feature on our website to enter the word music to find more resources and tools that are useful to people with visual impairments who are interested in music. That's
0: it for show number 2045. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about card mechanics and magic. Close-up magician of the year award winner Richard Turner can do things with a deck of cards that you would think are impossible, even if you could see them. Well, he can't see them either, and we will talk with Richard about how, despite his lack of vision, he works the cards and amazes audiences with his skills as a professional card mechanic. And we hope to see you next week. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy, and distributed by WXXI
1: Reach Out Radio. You can access the full archive of previous shows, subscribe to the podcast, and much more by going to our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net. If you have questions about anything you've heard on the show or have suggestions for future shows, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. Thank you for listening and have a
0: nice day.